Good evening, everyone. Um, this talk tonight uh, is, uh, arises out of a, a conversation I had with a colleague of mine recently who um, teaches a form of therapy called Marita therapy, which is a well-known in Japan. It's an evidence-based therapy in Japan, which is based on Zen. And um, uh, Dr. Marita, the psychiatrist who developed it, came from a Zen background. You can see the, the links to it very, very obviously. But uh, that's just background to what I was going to say. As part of my um, conversation, my uh, friend uh, raised the concept of what he called pathological self-reflection. Now, what is pathological self-reflection? And he said that from this Marita therapy point of view is that understanding pathological self-reflection is really at the core of the therapy. And, and because it's uh, associated with Zen, this, this term has um, some usefulness in terms of understanding um, our own experience as human beings in Zen practice. But what is referred, what is understood by that is that all human beings to one degree or another have um, anxiety, anger, you know, distress, suffering, etc. arise. And if we just experience that as it is and let it just arise and pass away, then that's just energy coming and going, like the weather pattern comes and goes, you know, the hot and cold comes and goes, or the seasons come and go. It's just energy coming and going. But if by pathological self-reflection is really looking at what human beings do with all of that energy that comes and goes, which is along the lines of what, why is it there and why is it happening to me, you know, and how can I get rid of it? and um, I must be a bad person or stupid or whatever because I have these feelings. All of that added on top of it is a kind of pathological self-reflection. In other words, in, in simple language, we just have these pleasant, neutral, unpleasant, painful experiences come and go all the time, and it's this constant um, inward um, self-absorption about it is, is the problem, you know, not the anxiety itself. The problem is the self-absorption around the anxiety. Of course, there, there is such a thing as um, healthy self-reflection, um, but it's got a different quality about it. Like, for instance, you, you might have had a conversation with a, with a friend and then you realise that your friend seemed hurt or something by something that you said and so you think after you go and you think what was it I said that might have hurt their feelings you know and you you ponder it for a while that would be a, a healthy self-reflection um, but what the difference is between the two in a sense is pathological self-reflection is is it's not just an intellectual inquiry um, it's driven by anxiety and it's driven by obsession uh, and its goal is to control. And the more, it's like anxiety just looping around and around and again with a why question attached to it. 
And so by magically asking why all the time, you'll magically make the anxiety go away. But it just fuels the anxiety. It's just anxiety going round and round and round in a loop. Mm -hmm. And it's got that obsessional quality about it. And a lot of people relate to their um, emotional experiences that way. So Zen practice, as we know, is about not overthinking either. And it's not getting caught up in the why of what is occurring. It's just the fact that it's occurring. Um, now, the three, three different practices that um, we do, at least in, in this Zen school, that I introduce people to, usually when people come along for the first time, I give them breath counting as a practice to do. And it's very structured. And um, some people want to drop straight into just sitting, shikantata. And I don't want to encourage them to do that straight off because if you do it without any preliminary kind of training, any attentional training, you just drift. You just sort of drown in the freedom of it and you just drift into daydream without even realising that you're doing it. So it's something you've got to train yourself to do. So the beginning is to do a structured form of meditation like breath counting. And uh, then if you can keep those sequences of numbers going fairly well, not perfectly, but well consistently over long periods of time, then you're really giving feedback to yourself that you can concentrate okay. That's the preliminary thing that you need to develop. Then the next tier down is thought labelling, where we drop the counting and we just follow the breath, and then we give a simple label to where the mind wanders off to planning mind. That's a, that's a popular one. Uh-huh. Daydreaming mind. Just say, that's planning mind. And then you drop the thinking process, just come back to the body and the breath. And if there's any residue of emotion that goes along with those thoughts, then you just be with it. And not actually asking why it's there or trying to get rid of it. You just bring unconditional presence to it. And labelling is a a practice that Joko, my teacher, brought into Zen practice. It was usually just breath counting or shikantaza or koan mu. But that middle one's important. And again, it's really a, a preliminary to doing shikantaza or open sitting. But what's important about thought labelling is that, um, as it says in one of her, one of the readings we have that she she's... Uh, written is that we we're just identified with our thoughts and feelings it's not just i'm having an experience of anger but i am angry and it's a different way of relating to it so we have an over investment and over over identification with our feelings and thoughts and as she says in that little essay by labeling them and witnessing them coming and going and coming back to the body that you learn to take the investment out of those thoughts and feelings uh-huh. so they're not they're not driving yourself driving you so much so that thought labeling process is a in somewhat a kind of a a nice integration of zen and psychology mm-hmm. but then the the real 
mm, pure Zen practice, deeper Zen practice, truer Zen practice of shikantasa, just sitting, is what it translates as, just sitting or only sitting, is just simply to be present to anything, anything and everything that arises in your experience, you, I don't even want to say you welcome it, because it's just there. Mm -hmm. You just allow it to arise. You don't ask any questions about why it's there or analyse it or whether it's good or bad or whatever. It just comes, like the weather, just comes up and it passes away and comes up and it passes away and it it's like a swirl of energy that takes on various different forms and you're just present to it there's nothing to do but to be present in both witnessing the experience and being the experience at the same time and then there's no there's no separation between you and the experience of life. Not even like, well, there's me, the observer, you know, the thing observers, just the experience of life. That's, that's really the true Zen practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be 20 years before you did it, but I practiced for about 20 years before I did Shikantasa practice. Um, and by the time I got to it, it was, wow, this is, this is a, really, um, it's a really liberating way of just being. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got no purpose to it whatsoever. It's got no goal to it whatsoever. It's just turning up to what is and experiencing it. And if you then take that meditation experience and bring that into your life, then that's what your life becomes. Your, your life just becomes uh, um, a, a, not a self-absorption, but a, just a complete absorption in life itself um, without any attempt to kind of control it in a, in a self-centred way or to be preoccupied with the self in any way. And... Uh, it is. It's a, it's a, a truly uh, liberating kind of practice which really um, manifests itself in everyday life and in relationships. <laughs>